a story that came out earlier this week, and if you go back even farther to, I think, March 7th, earlier this month, uh, the rural municipalities of Alberta put out a report that said their members are owed almost $300 million in back taxes from the oil and gas industry. Unpaid taxes that have been sitting there, and some of them are new, some of them are old, but the bill goes up each and every year. Um, we had Daniel Smith on the show right after that report came out, and I asked her about it, and she said, we're working on it. We're coming up with a plan. We're going to have an idea of some way we can do this because it's not fair to municipalities. It's something that needs to be addressed. She didn't say it was you know, something that wasn't on the radar. Now we've got information from the province as to what that plan looks like. They announced that oil and gas companies would have to pay their outstanding tax bills before they'll be granted a new license or be allowed to transfer an existing license. Okay, that's great. However, that's not going to solve all of the problems, and there's a number of reasons why. Let's talk about it with Markham Hislop now, an energy journalist and publisher of Energy News. Markham, thanks for joining us. Appreciate your time. Always a pleasure, Shay. Now, so this is something. I mean, it's not going to solve all of the problems, but the announcement that the province, you know, acknowledged that these back taxes are a problem, they're an issue, um, even though some of these country companies don't exist. That's the problem, right? This will not address all of the outstanding taxes. I had a chance to interview Paul McLaughlin, who's the head of the Rural Municipalities Association. Who made the report, yeah. Uh, yes. And and he said, not, this is just the first step in about a 30 or 40 step process. And and uh, it's very unlikely that this will uh, even put a dent in the 300, roughly $300 million you're talking about, because some of those uh, have already been written off yep. by the municipalities. And some of them are simply not collectible uh, because the company's already gone gone bankrupt. And there's probably only, if my memory serves, about 70 or 80 million maybe $90 million, that is actually uh, could be collected. According and, to the province's numbers, Markham, that yeah. number is $76 million, is recoverable. There you go. Uh, but this, this is a problem, uh, as you mentioned, every year this problem gets worse, and it's, it's, uh, McLaughlin makes the point that it's not a one-off. This is a systemic problem. It's the way the system is set up, the way the Alberta Energy Regulator manages li- li- liabilities for these oil and gas companies. Uh, I'll tell you, four years ago, Shay, uh, I wrote a, a column uh, based on a, an SEC report that came out that said in a, f- a few years before, there had been 230 junior oil and gas producers in Alberta. In 2018, uh, there were only 80. And the problem is that the... Uh, the recession, the, the the price oil when oil prices fell at the end of 2014 and didn't really recover till 2017, a lot of the smaller producers went bankrupt. Right, they failed. Yeah. They're gone. And 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 there have been lots of them since then uh, who were you know just sort of treading water and then got got clobbered by COVID when you know prices fell and demand fell again. And those are the ones. This is why it's become such a big problem. Is basically the junior sector has been uh, devastated. And, uh, you know, they, they just aren't, either the companies failed, there, there aren't any assets around to pay the taxes, and, you know, the municipalities are out of luck, and they can't deficit finance. No, they're not. They, by, by law, they cannot run deficits. They can't. So they're taking, if they're short of money uh, because of these unpaid taxes, they have to take it out of the reserves, and that has a limit to it. Okay. Uh, we, we can talk about how we address the, the un 
attainable amounts that are out there. But even when it comes to the 76 that is recoverable, according to the province's own numbers, they think 76 million of the outstanding tax bill, those companies are still around. We can, we can deal with them. We can get that money back. But there's a lot of questions around this because it's not like you have to clear up your tax bill. It has to be below a certain threshold, Markham. But, but we don't know what that threshold is. That, that hasn't been defined yet. And I don't know when it's going to be. So, I mean, to me, that looks like a huge loophole just waiting to be exploited. That's right. When I was working on this story, I, I asked questions of Nigel Banks, who is a former uh, law professor at the University of Calgary, and he chaired their resource management department. And then Drew Uchuk, a public interest lawyer at the University of Calgary, he works on these these kinds of files all the time. And they flagged that point. And until the government uh, specifies that threshold, we really don't know whether the program is going to be effective or not. But Uchuk brought up another point. He said, you know, because the idea here is that if the uh, if the oil company wants to uh, a new license, like a license for a, a new well, yep. or it wants to transfer a license yep. when it sells a well, he said all of these companies that are in trouble, uh, they're not doing anything but just but living off of the little bit of money that their existing wells because they have no money left. They have no capital. They have no credit. Nobody nobody will lend them money. Nobody will invest in them. They're like zombie companies, and so. They're not going to be doing either of those two things. And so this, you know, the, the sort of the centerpiece of the government's announcement, in Uchuk's opinion, won't apply to most of the bad actors that we're talking about. Um, and the other issue here, and I think this is something that we're going to have to deal with in the province a lot more, and it seems like uh, this is a conversation happening, you know, at the federal level, municipalities, even the province talking about, we've got some issues with the Alberta Energy Regulator, who has been given responsibility for this. It's them who will decide if the company is below the threshold or not and are allowed to get a new license or transfer an existing one. And, I mean, I'm not saying it. We've had a number of people in the news very publicly saying that regulator's in the back pocket of oil and gas industry and has been for a while we've lost faith in them just look at what's happening with with the curl mine leak right now that's exactly right and and when the the uh, curl leak uh, there's actually a leak and a spill you know there was the the leak in in 2022 that didn't get uh, communicated to the uh, indigenous communities up in the north and then there was back in late january there was a 5.3 million liter spill and that's what kind of at, at that point in the game you know it, everything came out uh so as covering that story, I went and talked to a number of uh, uh, legal scholars who deal with regulatory capture, people like um, uh, Paul McLean from University of New Brunswick. And not only is the Alberta energy regulator captured, in their opinion, it was designed to be captured from the very time it, it was implemented. And, it, and they go so far as to say that it's the government that's been captured. The government has been always prioritized uh, profits and development and jobs in the oil and gas sector above things like protecting the environment, protecting rural landowners, all of that. And so this is not just a, ca- a case of captured regulator. It's like captured Department of Energy, captured Alberta, El- Alberta government. All of those relationships are way too cozy. And what it does is it elevates the uh, the industry's interests above public interest. So public interest is not being looked after by the regulator. That's what these 
what these experts were saying. No, I, I, that's a lot of people. A lot of people saying, yeah, exactly. They, that that balance is tipped way out of whack, and it's not, you know, it's not the municipalities in this instance that have any faith that this is going to be handled appropriately. So I guess the question is, okay, so we've got something on the table that may help with, you know, 76 million of close to 300 million. What do we do about the rest, Mark? I mean, if those companies don't exist, if they're no longer going concerns, how is it possible to claw back some of the taxes they may owe? It may not be possible. Yeah. That, that that's the problem and and the industry has been uh, sorry the regulator has been dealing with this for a while and it's come up with a couple of different wrinkles on it none of them seem to work for instance one of the uh it had the lm lmr system for a while uh and, and still has it where you have to the liability management ratio so uh, a company has to have twice the the amount of assets as liabilities in order to get ass you know get uh licenses and so on but then when the, the financial problems hit these companies, the regulator bent its rules, you know, to kind of keep these, give these companies a, a leg up. And so instead of holding them to the, to the standards that they had set to protect the public interest, to protect the, the rural landowners' interest, they bent the rules. And so you, if, if, you, if you reform the system, if you put in a new set of rules, but the regulator is prepared to bend them to, to suit the industry's interest, then yeah, yeah. we're right back where we started. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and like you say, I, I, I spoke to the premier about it, and, and I spoke with the author of the municipalities report, and um, I don't know, I don't know if there's any resolution coming. I don't know, like you say, I think it's short of the government just writing a check to make these municipalities whole. I don't see another way that this is good because the companies don't exist. You can't collect, right? There's no other way to do it. Well, and and according to McLaughlin. You know, right now we're focused on, on unpaid taxes. Yeah. But, but he says an even bigger problem is unpaid surface lease fees to landowners. Because very often what happens, like he used the example of a couple, uh, a ranching couple, they're in their eighties, you know, they've got, they've got a couple of wells on their property. Now they're supposed to be paid fees, uh, surface lease fees, and they haven't been paid for years and years and years. And that's a common scenario all over Alberta. So it's, it, it, you know, if you add the unpaid taxes and the unpaid yeah. fees and all and the inactive wells and orphan wells and leaks up in the uh, in the oil sands and leaking tailings ponds, goodness, I mean, you add it all up and it's a regulatory crisis. It is. Yeah, no, there's no question. I think. Mark, a lot of it is trying to clean up things that weren't done properly in the past. Like we say, these companies don't exist anymore. And with the nature of the industry itself, a lot of these companies will be there and there'll, there'll be a bunch of new companies that come in during really, really good times. And then when the market tanks, a lot of them go away and it's, it, then it's finger pointing as to who it's going to be. To, we need to get out in front of it going forward is what we need to do. Here, you know, I've interviewed uh, some of the bigger companies. Like I remember uh, uh, an interview I had with with Husky's um, well reclamation coordinator back before Husky uh, was absorbed by uh, Sonovas. Sonovas, yeah. And and the big companies have a very different attitude towards this. Like they, uh, uh, I think the general consensus is they're not perfect, but they generally take these out their uh, their liabilities seriously. They have an annual program. They allocate capital to it, and they're big enough that they always have enough money to, to uh, you know, meet their liabilities. 
And I think what's going to happen here, the only way to really solve this at the end of the day is consolidation within the industry. We, we're just, I know Alberta was built on small companies, the juniors, you know, sort of built the, the, uh, uh, the sec, you know, the oil and gas starting in the, in the forties and fifties. But the industry has changed so much and these issues are so big that I think only large companies that have the capital, that have the, the, the revenue and the cash flow, they have the expertise uh, and the commitment, uh, that's the only way we're going to clean this up. I, yeah. I don't think, clearly the regulator can't do it. Clearly the government doesn't have enough uh, a political uh, willingness to do it. You know, So somehow, I don't know how it would happen, uh, but the only other option, if, if the big companies don't step up, consolidate yeah. some of these small ones and do it, the only, the only other entity left is the federal government. That's right. That's exactly it. Yeah. Uh, Markham, good stuff. Thanks so much for being here. I appreciate it. Nice talking to you, Shay. Take care.